Dr. Luis Sandoval is accomplished in the fields of mental health and spiritual warfare, a medical doctor, board certified in neurology, psychiatry, and family medicine. He is also a psychiatrist for the Roman Catholic Diocese of Orange, Ministry of Healing and Deliverance. Now, Dr. Luis Sandoval. All right, welcome to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show, and I am your host, Dr. Luis Sandoval. Always a pleasure to be here with our audience. Welcome to the clinic where we talk about our health, our spiritual health, our physical health, uh, and our mental health, of course. Um, today's show is going to be an interesting show. I've been uh, getting a lot of people telling me that they're feeling very anxious about things to come. They're anxious about uh, different uh, topics that have been brought up in the news, whether it be the Catholic news or just the mainstream media news. Um, so we're going to talk about that today. But before, uh, let's get started here at the top of the noon hour with the Angelos like we normally do. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived of the Holy Spirit. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done unto me according to thy word. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God, that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Let us pray. Pour forth, we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael, the archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray, and do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, folks, we're talking about the New World Order, the Great Reset, Cardinal Mueller, Archbishop Vigano. What's their message? What is this all about? And what does this have to do with Our Lady of Fatima? What does this have to do with the apparitions of Our Lady of Fatima in today's day and age? You know, as we're here in Advent, it's an appropriate topic to talk about because uh, when we start Advent, you notice that uh, the first readings of Advent are usually readings of, uh, of a premonition, of bad premonition, usually to be watchful, signs of persecution and things to come. And we say, well, why do we start the church year that way. That's kind of an interesting way to start. But before we get into these topics, let me just remind everybody I'm still doing an uh, Advent wreath giveaway. Uh, so any of our listeners who want to uh, send me a message and tell me what Advent is all about, what does it mean, what do the individual candles mean uh, with the different colors, three purple, one pink, and where you would put an Advent wreath in your home, go ahead and email me at doctor, that's dr. Sandoval, vmpr at gmail.com. Um, to any of my listeners who have been sending me messages in the last couple months, I want to apologize if I, I haven't been able to get to you um, as quickly as I hope. I actually changed jobs. Uh, very happily to do so. I'm taking a job with the state hospitals uh, here in California, which is great. It just means that I'm working with a very, very special population, severely mentally ill, wonderful population uh, that I've always enjoyed working with, people who really need 
our help with mental health. Um, and hopefully I ask your prayers that we can uh, reach out to them and help them heal, um, especially because they are a population who's in a lot of pain, um, and that can be very challenging for them. Um, life can be very challenging for them. But as we get started here on the show, let's start with just talking about Advent first. What does it mean? The first Sunday of Advent this year was November 28th. And let's listen to the gospel reading from that day. Because it's an interesting gospel reading. Why do we start this, the church year that way? Remember, Advent is the beginning of the church year. So uh, the church year does not start January 1st. January 1st, we celebrate Mary, Mother of God uh, during the Christmas octave. Um, uh, but that's not the beginning of the church year. That's the beginning of the calendar year. The beginning of the church year is always the first Sunday of Advent, which is preceded by Christ the King um, the week before. But let's listen to how we start off with our gospel readings. On November 28th, first Sunday of Advent, it was from the book of Luke, chapter 21, verses 25 to 28, and verses 34 to 36. And this is, Jesus says to his disciples, There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on earth nations will be in dismay. Perplexed by the roaming of the sea and the waves, people will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. But when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your heads, because your redemption is at hand. Beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life, and that they, ca and that they catch you by surprise like a trap. For that day will assault everyone who lives on the face of the earth. Be vigilant at all times and pray that you have the strength to escape the tribulations that are imminent and to stand before the Son of Man. You know, for starting off the church here, we're kind of starting off in a dark place, aren't we? Of some predictions here where you're like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Shouldn't we start with a, a friendly uh, a gospel reading? You know, we're, why are we talking about end times? when it's actually the beginning of the church year. What's going on with that? Why would we even have something along the Aren't we preparing for Christmas? We're preparing for the birth of Christ. Why is it that we start with this reading? You know, Christ is telling us really more than anything else, uh, he's talking about his second coming here, right? If we go back and read about this, he says, people will die of fright in anticipation of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken, and they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory right? And he tells us, but when these signs begin to happen, stand erect and raise your hands because your redemption is at hand. So the beginning of Advent, we're actually, we're preparing for the birth of Christ, which already happened. But now for us as Catholics, we do celebrate Christmas as the birth of Christ, but we are always anticipating that Christ is going to come again. He's not going to be born again on earth the way he was before, but we're going to see him coming, as he says, in a cloud with power and great glory. So when we start the church here every year, we're anticipating Christ coming back. We've got to remember that just like with the resurrection, when we, when we celebrate the resurrection, we anticipate his coming, uh, right? We, we're all waiting for, for Jesus to come back at some point uh, here. And so when we start Advent, we got to remember, even though we can be, you know, wafted away with the ideas of a very Merry Christmas and decorations and gifts and parties, uh, Christ is bringing us back to earth and he's reminding us, hey, you know, this is a time where you're preparing for me coming. You might be preparing for my birth to celebrate my birthday again on Christmas Day, but don't forget I'm coming back. And this is what that gospel tells us. 
interestingly enough, you know, why do, why do I bring this up? Because again, I've had people tell me that they're feeling pretty anxious, you know, and they're, they're feeling pretty worried in today's society with all these unknowns and, uh, worried about our rights being taken away and worried about, um, you know, what's, are we going to get sick? Are we going to die? Are we not? Do we get this vaccine? Do we not get the vaccine? What is it that we do? I've had a lot of questions come my way. This gospel reading was interesting, uh, to me because, not only does it talk about times of tribulation, um, but Christ gives us a warning. He gives us a, a little bit of a warning here beforehand. Uh, you know, he says to stand erect, but he says, beware that your hearts do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness. Isn't that what we're going to kind of going to do when we celebrate Christmas? We celebrate the New Year's. We're in the holiday season. We celebrate uh, uh, Thanksgiving, right, beforehand. So what happens there? He says, do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness. Um and in that respect, it's more, you know, we start becoming, feeling very casual. We may start losing our fervor to pray, our desire to go to church, our desire to be, to be better Christians, because all of a sudden, you no, know, you know, it's okay. We're having a good time. We're, we're in the, in the middle of a party here and we start to kind of become lax and we start to become comfortable in this world. And I think that that's what Christ is really warning us against. He's saying, don't become comfortable in this world. Um, because he also says, you know, Beware that you not become drowsy and carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life and that day catch you by surprise like a trap. Interesting right there. That's what I find very interesting. Don't be taken by the anxieties of daily life. Believe it or not, becoming anxious with the things of this world actually is a, a form of becoming comfortable with this world. And you might be saying, well, Dr. Sandoval, that does not make sense. What do you mean? If I'm feeling anxious, how am I comfortable? Well, I think what Christ is telling us is, if you're anxious about the things of this world, you're not focused on the things of the next. You're making this world a priority. You're trying to be comfortable in this world, and that's part of what's making you anxious or part of what's making you worry. And all of a sudden, all these anxieties are going to take over your life. It's going to bring your focus down to this world, just the same way that you know carousing and drunkenness and, and festivities and parties here uh, can make it so that we become lax and we get comfortable in this world. If we're having anxieties of daily life in this world and not being able to focus on Christ or making Christ more important than our worries here, all of a sudden it kind of seems like, hey, we're really focused on this earth, right? We're focused on this world. We're focused on uh, how do I get comfortable here? And that can become a problem. That can become a problem, especially if we're being faced with persecutions. Now, here's something I found interesting. So that gospel reading that I read, this was before Jesus was talking to his apostles. This is before he was... Uh, um, before he was crucified. But even before that, if you look at the book of Luke, so if you look in, in the book of Luke and you start looking at chapter 21, the, the themes that are before that are the signs and persecutions that are going to happen. The destruction of Jerusalem is foretold. And then right after that, there's a conspiracy to kill Jesus. And I think that that's what it comes down to. You know, if we're going to look at um, any kind of concerns or worries, what we got to worry about is this conspiracy to kill Jesus. Now, we got to remember, you know, Dr. Sandoval, Jesus can't die. Jesus already rose from the dead. We, when his apostles were worried that he was crucified and he died, the third day he rose, just like he said he would. How can we cope Christ now? Well, there can be ways that people can, can do that. And it's not that we're killing Christ, is that we're killing the presence of Christ in our lives. And that's where the key is. That's where it gets a little bit scary for us. This is what we need to consider um, in terms of what's happening here in our modern day society. What would a reset mean and what would that look like? Uh, we're coming into the break here. 
But what we've got to remember is, I don't want anybody to be scared. I don't want anybody to be worried. I want us to focus just like Christ said, so that we can raise our heads high and know that our redemption is at hand when everything seems to be in turmoil. More when we come back on the other side of the break. All right, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. Always a pleasure to be here with our listeners. And as I say always, happy Advent. Uh, yet to say Merry Christmas officially because it's not Christmas Day yet. Hope everybody's preparing for that Advent season or during the Advent season for Christmas. Uh, remember, it's still a time of sacrifice. It's a time of anticipation. Um, a lot of times it gets, it's very easy to get carried away with the festivities, with all the decor and all the decorations that are happening uh, around us. But the reality is, um, you know, this is a, a season to prepare, much like Lent, uh, you know, where we prepare for the resurrection of Christ, we prepare for Easter. Uh, a little bit different, though, in the sense that during Lent, uh, there's no big commercial uh, rush to, to sell uh, Easter. You know, there's no, there's not a whole lot of Easter presents or anything along those lines. Uh, and for our Christmas season, uh, you know, we're always anticipating that there's going to be Christmas gifts under the tree. So beforehand during Advent, unfortunately, Advent gets overlooked. Uh, it gets overlooked as a time of preparing for Christmas and, and all the gifts that people are going to get and, and the office holiday parties and whatnot. Uh, and the reality is we're still in, in a season of, of penance and preparation more than anything else. I guess we're always in preparation. So happy Advent to everybody. You know, the last day of Advent coming up here, uh, the last Sunday of Advent coming up, and then uh, Christmas already going to be happening next week. Hope everybody's preparing for that. Um, today I'm talking a little bit about uh, what this, what all this means about uh, end of the world, new world order, second coming of Christ. What's that all about? Especially because during Advent, we actually start the Advent season by reading about the the telling of the second coming of Christ and all his power, all his glory, and all his fury, if you will, if we're looking at God's justice, because as Christ tells us in that first gospel reading, uh, people will be scared. Some people are not going to be ready uh, for his coming. Why? Because we become lax, uh, because we start to party, because we start to uh, celebrate a lot, because we start to feel that we're already saved, um, or because, as he said, we start to focus on the anxieties of this world and the anxiety of this world can very easily take us away from our devotions, from our focus on sacraments, from our focus on what is truly, truly important. And really, unfortunately, that's what happens in this world. That's kind of what this world does to us is that no, if, if, uh, if I don't, if I do stand corrected, uh, if I'm wrong or if anybody feels otherwise, feel free to email me. But really in this world, and I'm always open to uh, hearing what people have to say, in fact, I love uh, getting commentaries, but this world really takes us away from, from God. That's the sad part. You know, it takes us away from focusing on what we're really supposed to be doing every day, which is one, glorifying God, and two, making penance and reparation for any of our sins. And Christ already gave us that formula. He said, you got to go to the sacraments. You got when Jesus left, uh, when before his ascension, he told his apostles, the last few things he told them was go out and preach to the nations, you know, expel demons, forgive sins. And he already told them about the Eucharist and he already told them to do this uh, in remembrance of him. And he told us that's his body and blood and that that's what it is. This is where our focus should be every day. This is really what it comes down to every day for us. Unfortunately, you know, we get, uh, we get drifted away. Why? Because we see different things. We worry about different things. We enjoy different things. And it's 
hard to always focus on Christ when the propaganda, when the advertisements and everything going on in the world around us uh, is not pointing to Christ. That That's what can make it very, very challenging. Um, if we look at this, you know, there were some, I was listening to Jesse and Terry uh, a few days back and they were talking about Ar- Archbishop Vigano and they were also talking about Cardinal Mueller and a few things that they were talking about with this whole new world order and this great reset that they're concerned about. Um, and one of the articles that they had talked about was, uh, they're actually both from LifeSite News, one's from Archbishop Vigano, and that was back from uh, May of this year, May 19, 2021, where he says that, you know, he's worried that the current pandemic uh, is really a pretext with which to give the semblance, I'm just reading off the article here, it's a pretext with which to give the semblance of legitimacy to restrictions on natural freedoms and fundamental individual rights in such a way as to create an economic and social crisis with which to make the Great Reset irreversible. Interesting there, Great Reset, and we're going to talk about that um, later on in the show as to what does that mean as far as the Great Reset. But what I found interesting is that he linked this to Fatima, and it got me thinking because if anybody listens to my show, you know that I always find apparitions, predictions, and all of these things very fascinating. I actually love the topic. I try not to get swept up in it. I always tell my listeners, you know, if you start listening to these predictions and whatnot, uh, it's very easy to get scared and to, and to run and, and say, oh my goodness, I better change my life because it's going to happen now. You know, I think that the church has always been persecuted. And that's actually one of the things that I like about reading that gospel reading at the beginning of Advent. Uh, because if you look beforehand, again, like I said, um, Christ is talking about signs of persecution uh, before he talks about his second coming. And I think that that happens anytime. You know, we can talk about the literal second coming of Christ that we're all anticipating. But every year at Christmas, aren't we uh, praying for the birth of Christ, preparing for the birth of Christ? And we got to understand that Christ is born in our hearts in many different ways. It doesn't just have to be Christmas time. But if you're feeling persecuted, if you're feeling like you're being persecuted already, maybe that's a, a, a sign that Christ is going to be coming into your heart somehow. But we've got to know how to offer that up. We've got to know how to focus on, boy, if I'm being persecuted... It can, it, maybe it's a time of trial for me individually to say, gosh, can I focus, can I offer this to Christ? Can I join my suffering with Christ and make it redemptive, redemptive suffering versus, uh, and sacrifice versus just pain? You know, that's, those are our two options. If we are experiencing suffering, if we're experiencing trials, uh, more than likely, uh, we can anticipate, or we can know that God really loves us and God wants us to, to unite that suffering with him. And a whole lot of grace comes out of it. People don't understand this uh, sometimes because in this world, like I said before, everything's about comfort. Everything's about making sure that we're comfortable. And if we get too comfortable, that's where we fall into this trap uh, that Archbishop Vigano is talking about. And this doesn't just have, have to happen right now. I mean, right now I know everybody everywhere is COVID and, and restrictions and wearing masks and different things like that. But I think that, you know, COVID is going to come and go. This pandemic is going to come and go. But I think that uh, Archbishop talks about something much more interesting here because I'm just waiting for, you know, if COVID's gone and, and we don't have to worry about that anymore, or it's just kind of, we, we get into a new normal uh, type situation, then what's the next pretext or what's the next situation that's going to create a, um, a great reset or, or make it so that our, our individual rights are being questioned again or anything along those lines. Well, the interesting thing I found was that in this article, Archbishop Vigano says, um, that the failure, oh, so he says, he trusts Our Lady of Fatima wor- Fatima's words, according to which the consecration of Russia will take place late, but it will come, and then there will be a time of peace. So I find that interesting, because he says, he goes on to talk about the failure to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, he explains, led to the spread of communism throughout the world. Today we see communism 
allied with other sworn enemies of Christianity, liberalism. He continues by saying, the infernal alliance is meant to lead to the establishment of the new world order and the advent of the Antichrist. Now, that's what I find interesting. But let's not forget that Our Lady has said that before the final persecution, the world will enjoy a period of peace. I think that the Great Reset and the satanic project of the new world order under the Masonic uh, Masonic uh, synarchy has not yet managed to impose itself, even if we have come very close to it. So, you know, it's interesting that he's bringing all this up because he's bringing up Our Lady of Fatima. He's bringing up uh, the establishment of this new world order in conjunction with that. But he brings up the advent of the Antichrist. And I know to our listeners that can be very, very scary um, and that can be very confusing. And what does all this mean as far as this new world order, Great Reset, and why the Antichrist? Well, again, uh, later on in the show, we're going to talk about what is the current world order and what would it mean to change that? Uh, the article goes on to say, but while we await Our Lady's victory, uh, Archbishop Vigano calls, calls upon us to lead lives in accordance with Christ's kingship. That's the key right there, Christ's kingship, admonishing us to seek to make Christ reign above all in our hearts and as a result in our families so that he may also reign in our societies. And this is the key. This is what's true. And this is what we forget. Sometimes we find that these uh, problems of the world are so overwhelming, right? Because we see it on the news and we see people who are in positions of great power making decisions and we feel that we are powerless. Well, that's the key right here. You know, this is where he says, um, let me read that one part again, seek to make Christ reign above all in our hearts and as a result in our families so that he may also reign in our societies. This is where it takes me back to Christ talking to us in the gospels about what is your level of faith? And he says, even if your level of faith is the size of but a mustard seed, you could move mountains. What does that mean? I don't think we appreciate the power of prayer. I think that we see government officials and wars and missiles and, uh, you know, airplanes and, and tanks and all these images of what could possibly happen. We're always worried about, you know, I remember growing up worried about nuclear war and nuclear winter and, you know, things of that nature. Um, that's very, very easy to have that fear uh, overtake us. But if we listen to Christ's words, if we listen to what the archbishop's telling us, even in the light of him talking about the Antichrist and the advent of the Antichrist, um, he's saying, well, hang on a second. You know, we're our lady, or waiting our lady's victory. Seek to make Christ reign above all in our hearts and as a result in our families so that he may also reign in our societies. We can make that difference spiritually. We forget the power of prayer. We forget that we can actually make a difference when we align ourselves to God. And I think that that's what society um, is really trying to do to us. And by society, I just really mean, you know, the dark side, the demonic world order, uh, the the things of the flesh, the things of the world, um, you know, the battles that we have to fight spiritually, really more than anything else this is what we see in deliverance all the time. You know, when people come to us and they're worried that, they, that they're a demoniac, as we say sometimes in the Bible, or we, that they're a nergaman, that they're being influenced by the dark side. Um, the first question is, have you been praying? Where is Christ in your life? Because the first thing that the demons want you to do is stop praying. Because once you pray and you unite yourself with God, that's where the power comes in. I always go back to the gospel. I'm, I probably sound like a broken record to some of our listeners, but I was always surprised when I read the gospels where Christ is not able to perform miracles because the people did not have faith. And what does Christ tell us? That we have to pray for faith, right? Faith, hope, and love are infused virtues. 
We can't, we don't just bring them up ourselves. We can't work on them. We have to ask for them. We have to pray for them. When we start to pray and our faith grows, then miracles will happen in our lives. Then everything else is not really going to matter a whole lot. Then all these concerns about, is somebody going to take away my rights, not take away my rights? Those, those things are going to fall by the wayside. How many times do we see in the Gospels where the apostles or somebody's uh, thrown in jail for something, you know, it looks like the darkest part of their lives, and all of a sudden the chains are gone, the doors open, uh, St. Peter was let out by an angel, right? Just when we think that it's all over, our level of faith is going to make a difference. We have to remember that God is still working in our lives, no matter how scary things might seem, and we have to pray to God in order to ask him to please give us the eyes of faith so that even in what appears to be the darkest tribulations, we can start to see the light of Christ. Because a lot of this isn't going to make sense. If somebody is trying to you know, impose rule over us or take away our, our God-given rights, that's not going to make sense. If we start to lose faith, if we start to, as the gospel said, I'm going to go back to that gospel reading, uh, in fact, let me find it from the different uh, uh, Bible translation here in the gospel of Luke, where Christ said, you know, don't have that anxiety. Um, let me see here. Where is that? He said, there will be signs of the sun and the moon in the world. Yes. No, I, I don't find it on this one. Let me find my old one again because I have it right in front of me in my notes. But again, where he says, be vigilant. He says, you know, do not become drowsy from carousing and drunkenness and the anxieties of daily life. We let those anxieties take over. We start to lose faith. We start to lose faith. We're not letting God work in our lives. We're going to talk more when we come back from the break about the power of prayer and especially how we see it defeat the demons, even in our own neighborhoods, our own societies, from different cases I've seen through deliverance ministry. This is very important because if we don't remember the power of prayer, boy, then we've already lost the battle. Can't do it without faith. More when we come back on the other side of the break. All right, well, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We are here at the Dr. Luis Sandoval Show. Welcome back to the clinic. Remember, as always, I always tell my listeners, we have to think like Catholics so that we can live like Catholics, so that we can be Catholic. It's always important to keep a Catholic. Today in our show, we're tr going to try to think like Catholics um, and kind of see what's going on. Use our heads, use our, our logic and our reason, our intellect to see what's exactly going on in the world. What does this mean for us? Um, do we need to be afraid? Do we need to uh, you know, hide away? What is it that's happening right now? And really what I'm trying to say is, you know, with this fear of this great reset, this new world order, you know, things are going to happen. I, don't, I can't predict and tell you, oh, this is happening right now. It's not happening right now. But what I can say is, Regardless of what's going on around us, we got to keep our faith. We got to keep our faith because at the end of the day, the battle happening right now is not uh, between each other. Um, it's actually, you know, always on a spiritual level. We say that we're the church militant and we are not each other's enemies, as St. Paul tells us in Ephesians. You know, our enemies are of a spiritual in the spiritual realm, not each other. Uh, but that's what they try to convince us of, right? We see this in deliverance all the time. We get confusion, we get lying, we get uh, all these different things happening because. In the spiritual world, the, the, the demonic entities are trying to ruin our hearts and ruin our souls and through fear make us you know, pull away from God and think that 
you know, anything we're doing is wrong. We need to change the game plan. And God is saying, no, keep the game plan steady. And in fact, to all of our listeners, uh, let's let's go ahead and say the prayer to St. Michael again. I know that we said at the beginning of the hour, but if we're going to talk about things of this nature, uh, we're going to talk about our battle and being church militant. It's always good to have St. Michael uh, come and join us in Our Lady as well. We'll say a Hail Mary and the prayer to St. Michael. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou amongst women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him. We humbly pray unto thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host. By the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl around the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's right, folks. When we lose our faith is when we allow uh, things to happen in our lives, when we stop to let God work in our lives. Um, you know, we, uh, we we make sure that uh, we pray to our guardian angels. We just pray to St. Michael. We pray to Our Lady, our 12-star general, because this is the protection that we need, and it's really more the inspiration that we need so that we can really see what's going on in the world around us. You know, it's easy to fight for material things or look at things of that nature, but the reality is, at the end of the day, uh, whenever it's my last breath here, I hope that spiritually I'm ready uh, to meet Christ and to tell Christ, you know, I stood up for what you stood up for, and I kept you in my sights at all times. Uh, we're talking a little bit about the new world order here, but without faith, how are we going to confront anything? Here's what I can tell you. You know, when you work in deliverance ministry and you see different people suffering, uh, spiritual suffering. So, you know, in the clinic, whenever I, I see patients, I see their physical ailments and I see people suffering from diff- different things, whether it be a rash on their skin or whether they're suffering from chronic illnesses like diabetes or high blood pressure. You know, it happens all the time. And we have medication for that and we can measure that and we can do labs and we can, you know, look at diagrams and images and see, well, gee, how are we going to help out with that? You know, if we're talking about mental illness, it's very easy to to diagnose because we listen to the patient and we see what symptoms they have and we see what that means in their in their general lives and how they're approaching life that way and how it's afflicting them and affecting their lives. Um, and so based on their symptoms, we're able to give treatment for that and we're able to help them out. But then in the spiritual world, it's a little bit different, right? We have to do a spiritual diagnosis and that's not always as easy to do um, as when we talk about mental illnesses or, or physical illness, because for those we have rubrics and guides, but for spiritual illness, sometimes it can get a little bit hazy. It can get a little bit uh, confusing. And one of the things that we have to look at is different things for, compared to, to the spiritual and the physical, because we have to ask questions like, are you praying? What is your approach to your faith? Where are you in terms of being able to receive the sacraments? Uh, what's your, well, your, your religious background, your faith background? Are you following the tenets of what you know to be true? If you're not, this is where your spiritual ailments are, ailments are going to come in. And this could be why you're feeling down, depressed, anxious, worried, um, regardless of what's going on around you. And so it's important to keep the faith. I know that in the deliverance ministry, again, when people don't have faith, they're not going to be delivered. And when they do have faith, miracles will happen. What we consider miracles, what God probably considers everyday occurrences. He probably says, you know, it's probably not that big a deal. You know, it's kind of like uh, an adult with a, a little baby and we play peekaboo and we hide something behind a, a wall or a blanket and then we pop it out and the baby's like, whoa, how'd you do that? And we're like, trust me, this is not that big a deal. But in your mind right now, where you are in your development, 
you see it as this big deal and, and you laugh and you, and you find it extraordinary and you want people to do it over and over. God's probably saying that with some of the things that we consider miracles where he's saying, gosh, if you guys just pray more, if you had more faith, Dr. Sandoval, you probably wouldn't see this as a miracle. You'd see this as an expected thing every day for me. Um, but you know, we got to build that faith. I got to pray for more faith so that I can see that. Anyway, there's been cases in, in, in deliverance, and you can hear this. Uh, even Father Ripperger, I remember, told a story one time of a man who moved into a house, into a neighborhood, and he just started to pray the rosary every day. And apparently the neighbors, a couple of houses uh, there, were full of witches and, and Wicca who were practicing Wicca, uh, which is just witchcraft. Um, and they, they would pray, you know, well, I say pray, they would do their spells or whatever as they would do. But this man came in unbeknownst to him and he started praying the rosary and he started uh, to just live a faith-filled life. And lo and behold, all of a sudden, these witches who were living nearby, they could not stand it and they had to leave. Um, he only knew about this later when he found out about, you know, different move, uh, things from as far as the selling of the home and who these people were and what was going on around him. But little did he know what was happening and little did he know that through his coming home and doing his everyday thing of quiet, faith-filled uh, life of prayer, um, he started making changes that weren't expected that he wasn't expecting uh, because he didn't even know how he was affecting the world around him. And I think that that's the kind of level of faith we need to have where it's a blind faith where Christ tells us, you know, pray, you might not always see the fruit of your labor, but as you're praying, you're actually making a big difference in this world. For this man, he was praying the rosary. How powerful is the rosary that it would make people want to move? You know, to get to the point where they're saying, I can't stand those graces coming from this house. I can't stand, you know, the presence of God coming from this house because that's not what's in my heart. I'm looking for something different. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for help from the dark side, but that's not going to be overcome uh, or the light's never going to be overcome. And as soon as we start praying, as soon as we start making our quiet focus, everything else around us is going to come into play, right? And it's going to make it um, so that we do find peace, even if it seems like uh, our life, our faith is being dethroned. There was another article in LifeSite News. This was more recent. Uh, this is December 15th. And I know that I was listening to Terry and Jesse. This is where I heard about this article. I thought it was interesting uh, with respect to that because I talked about Cardinal Mueller of Germany. He's uh, he's denouncing the Great Reset. He's saying, just like uh, Archbishop Vigano, he's saying that you know this is being used to establish a global surveillance state. And in this article, Cardinal Mueller tells us, I do not want to be saved and made in the image of likeness of Klaus Schwab or Bill Gates or Soros or other such people. Because what he's saying is that in the current state, people want us to follow other people, other humans, um, and to bring forth this new creation, if you will, or a state uh, uh, in terms of where everybody's being surveilled. Uh, and out of which all of a sudden there's going to be this, again, he talks about, he says, he explains that the restrictions are in part born out of the wish to use this opportunity to subject the people to complete control and establish a surveillance state, just like the proponents of the great reset said themselves. So the great reset of anybody who doesn't know was a, uh, agenda that it was a meeting that was held in 2020, uh, talking about what's going to happen to the world globally and an economical level, uh, what's going to happen in terms of setting the world under a, a order so that everybody can benefit in their, in their estimation from uh, one generalized uh, ruling. And that's what gets people, that's what makes it interesting, if you will, to talk in, the, in, in that fashion um, because, you know, it resets everything. And so that's why it's called the Great Reset. It changes the way that we live our lives um, and the way that 
our lives are controlled, if you will. But this is what the Cardinal said. He argued that the Great Reset is an agenda and it is based on fraud. And he explained that the fraud consists in the idea of that man can, through modern technology or modern communication, bring forth a new creation, a new human in the image in their image and likeness. It's really a world of man. It's a world without God is really what it's coming down to. So remember I said, it was interesting that that gospel reading, Advent, you know, was about uh, um, the coming of Christ, the second coming of Christ. And if we look at um, where that's sandwiched in the gospels here in the book of Luke, uh, the next one is uh, in, in the book of Luke chapter 22, and that starts with a conspiracy to kill Jesus. I think this is where it gets interesting. This is where I look at these words of Cardinal Mueller and I think, well, you know, if we look at the gospel, they were trying to kill Jesus. They were trying to get rid of Jesus. Now we know that that's not possible. We know that we can't kill God. God is all powerful and God is everlasting and God is the author of life. How can you can't kill the author of life and nothing happens without God allowing it to happen. But do we have a certain amount of power? We do. And again, I go, I go right back to those gospels where Jesus was not able to perform miracles because the people had no faith in him. We have the power of free will. That's a huge power that God gave us, the power of free will and the power to pray for faith, ask for faith and develop our faith in that way towards God. If we don't develop our faith, now we're going to have to have, a, now we're, we're having a problem. This is where we kill God, if you will. Not that God is ever going to be dead, but where is God in our lives? And that's the challenging part. We go back to Adam and Eve. It's, it's the same story from the beginning. You know, did Adam and Eve kill God? Well, in a way you can say that they did. They killed God in their lives. They got God out of their life and they found death in that way. And that in the same way, we use the term kill as a, as a metaphor. We're not really killing God. What we're saying is God's not going to be in our lives. That's going to be a problem. That's going to be a problem because all of a sudden, if we look at this, let's read that again with the Cardinal said, the Cardinal argued, it's Cardinal Mueller, that the Great Reset Agenda is based on fraud and explained that the fraud consists in the idea that man can, through modern technology or modern communication, notice there's no talk of God, modern technology, modern communication, bring forth a new creation? Well, wait a minute. Now is where it's getting interesting. What new creation? A new creation, create a new human in their image and likeness. Well, who's the author of creation? So we go back to Genesis. This is God, right? So God, God is the one who, who made everything around us. God is the author of all creation. But all of a sudden, are we now saying that we're, we don't need God in our lives because we found modern technology, we found modern communication, and now we as human beings can make our own creation? This is where it gets interesting. Have we lost our faith in God? Have we tried to kill God out of our lives? God is still there, but are we chasing God? Are we looking for life? Or are we going to content to follow our own will and in the same way as Adam and Eve, find death instead? We're going to talk about this new world order and what our current world order is when we come back from the break. All right, welcome back to Virgin Most Powerful Radio. You're listening to the Dr. Louis Sandoval Show. I am your host, Dr. Louis Sandoval. Here we are at the clinic. Welcome back. And where we are talking today about what does this new world order mean? What is this great reset? What are the implications for us as Catholics? Right now, we can argue that it's, you know, this pandemic and that things are being shut down. But, you know, in the future, what's going to keep happening? Is, it, is, it, is there going to be a shift in the world order? What is the current world order? Really, that's what we have to ask ourselves. What does that mean? Well, you know, if uh, 
if we're looking at who's in charge of the world, what's happening, um, because the new world order tells me that there's a current world order. Okay. What are we changing to? We're changing and we're resetting. You know, the only thing what I always remember when I think of the word reset is I think of playing video games when I was younger uh, and having to hit reset because I got to the point in the game where either I lost or the game was over and I needed to start over or I needed to put a new game in or something along those lines. But what are we resetting? What is it that what is it that we're resetting? That each nation has individual ideas? What I don't understand what all this means, technically speaking, if I look at it that way. But if we look at it from the eyes of the church, let's look at what the world order is. And as Catholics, this is where we have to challenge ourselves. Do we believe in the scriptures? Do we believe in our faith? Do we truly believe that Jesus Christ is the King of Kings? And do we believe that at the end of the day, there's only going to be couple doors that we got to look at and one door leads and one, you know, Christ is one of those doors. He's the door to heaven and the other door leads to perdition. Do we believe that? Because if we do, then that changes everything as far as how we look at this world and what, what's going on around us. It's everything that has to change. Everything you are, the way we lead our lives has to be, wait a minute, at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to matter is Christ. Well, then I had better get to church. I had better receive the sacraments. I had better be in front of that tabernacle more often than not um, because everything else I do in this world isn't really going to matter. Everything is going to go to dust. And the only thing that's going to be lasting is my soul. And my soul has to pay account to Christ. That's what we believe as Catholics. At, you know, that, that's what it comes down to. How do we know this? Well, there's a couple of ways we can know this. I thought it was interesting to bring in Fatima because as always, I love these uh, Marian apparitions and the different uh, promises and, and, and predictions and things of that nature. But I think it really lends insight into what we have to think as Catholics. And this is where I like that uh, Archbishop Vigano was talking about Fatima and what are the consequences. And Our Lady uh, gave a, uh, one of the Fatima predictions uh, that she gave to the visionaries was this. She said on July, so this is on July 12th, 1917, Our Lady of Fatima said that another world war was coming and she provided the signs and she says the war is going to end. So we got to remember this is World War One that was happening at the time. She said the war is going to end, but if they do not stop offending God, another and worse one will begin in the reign of Pius the 11th. When you shall see a night illuminated by an unknown light, you know that this is the great sign that God gives you and that he is going to punish the world for it is many crimes by means of war, hunger, and a persecution of the church and the Holy Father. So let's read that again one more time because we're going to break it down and we're going to talk about what does this mean as far as our current world order and we're also going to look at some scripture that's going to be very important in understanding the current world order. So the world, she says, the war is going to end, but if they do not stop offending God, another one and a worse one will begin in the reign of Pius the 11th, the message from heaven, the way that heaven, the way that God sees the world and talks about the reign, the kingdom. Um, and she talks about the Petrine office. She talks about the Pope. The Pope is in charge of the world. Notice that our lady said the war will begin during the reign of Pius the 11th. That's how God sees the world. Who was in the office at the time? Who was the Pope at the time? Why? Because he represents Christ and Christ is in charge of the world. It's, it's, it's our religion. He told his apostles, go and uh, convert all nations. He left us that, uh, that command, um, that commission. And so if Christ is in charge and he told St. Peter, 
He said, you are the rock, and on this rock I will build my church. And again, this comes down to our faith. What do I believe is going to happen at the moment of my death? Who do I have to pay account to? Is Christ in charge or not? Then Christ is in charge of the current world order through his pope. If you notice, any world leader, who do they go visit? I never hear about somebody being so proud to come here to the United States to visit the, um, the, the president. You know, yes, they're going to have their political meetings and you're going to have, you know, presidents and ambassadors and whatnot come to visit our president. But there's never such a hoopla uh, where they go to the rest of the world and say, oh, I met with the president of the United States and this is what he told me. Let me tell you what he told me. No. What happened recently? You know, the president of the United States went to go visit the Pope. And believe it or not, he was looking for the Pope's blessing to live his life the way he wants to live it. How do we know that? Because after meeting with the Pope, then he's looking for people's approval and says, oh, the Pope said this to me or that to me. Oh boy, you know, we have uh, the Speaker of the House went to go visit the Pope and talked about how there was such a spiritual uh, meeting and so honored to, the Pope is still the leader. It's not, you know, we say, oh, the President of the United States is the leader of the free world and the most powerful man on earth. Not exactly. Notice that they are going to go visit the Pope. Other dignitaries go to visit the Pope. The Pope is merely in charge of the Vatican and is the Bishop of Rome. He is the Bishop of, of, of one place. He's not in charge of a whole nation. But notice that everybody goes to visit the Pope or they want the Pope's approval for something. Or at the end of the day, the Pope's blessing is what counts. Why? Because the Pope still represents Christ. That's the world order. That's the order that's happening right now. If there's a new world order, a few things would have to happen they would have to replace the Pope. How do I know that? Why would, why would I say that? Well, Archbishop Vigano talked about the Antichrist, and we know that when the Antichrist comes, he wants to get rid of the Pope. Why? Because if you look at our current world, what year are we in? We're in the year 2021. We're going to celebrate a new year, 2022. What does the year even mean? We're celebrating what? What does 2021 mean? It's the year 2021, the year of our Lord. That's what we call it A.D., Anno Domini, after, the, after Christ. We've been counting all the time since Christ came. That's what the year represents. A great reset would mean that we'd have to go back to year zero, and the year would have to mean something else. But our world is still, Christ is still in charge. Our world is still ruled by Christ. Let's not forget. Let's go back to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28, verse 18, the Great Commission. When they saw him, this is Jesus, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That is our current world order. Whether anybody wants to admit it or not, the whole world celebrates the new year. Whether they realize it or not, they're celebrating the new year of our Lord, right? This is again, let's read that gospel reading again, Matthew 28, verse, uh, chapter 28, verse 20, uh, 18, the great commission, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations. He didn't say of a few nations, he said all nations, baptizing everybody in the name of the father and of the son and of the Holy spirit. If that is the current world order, then the current world order is also has to follow and is being uplifted and held by and supported by the teachings of Christ. That means the Eucharist, the sacraments. That's what Christ left the church. That's why there's the big fear of if the church goes, there goes the world. Our current world order is under the reign of Christ, under the reign of um, the popes. 
whether it's a good pope or a bad pope, it doesn't matter. It still represents Christ the same way that a priest, whether they're good or bad in terms of the way that we judge them, shall we say, I say good or bad, but you know, how well are they following the teachings of Christ? The priest can still forgive my sins because it's through the power of Christ. The power of Christ doesn't go away. Nobody's killing the power of Christ. Nobody's getting rid of that. Christ showed us that on the cross when he resurrected. So our current world order has to be, it is the reign of Christ, right? This is what's set up. This is why that prediction of Fatima was Our Lady, the way she spoke, if we look at what she says, she said, a new war will, new war will begin in the reign of Pius XI, of this Pope, of the man who represents my son on earth. That's who's reigning the world. There's no question about that. There's going to be signs associated with that. But she says there's persecution of the church and the Holy Father. Why would there be persecution of the Holy Father? You also never hear about, you know, persecutions of the Dalai Lama or persecutions of somebody of a different uh, um, faith following, right? Um, And then the interesting thing is when Our Lady predicted that, how did they know that? How did anybody know that he was going to be Pope? You know, Our Our Lady predicted that he was born or I'm sorry, he was a head of the Pope of the church. So he was a Pope from February 6th, 1922. She predicted this in 1917. So that was five years beforehand. So heaven looks at the world as ordered by the reign of Christ. And Christ set that up through the Petrine office, through the papacy. Whether we like it or not, it's the year of our Lord. Whether people understand that or not, currently the world is being reigned by Christ. That's that, And I'm not saying, you know, people say, well, how could there be then famine or war? Because there's free will. At the end of the day, there's free will. And we're still under the, the, the power of free will that God gave us to sin. It's no different than saying, well, how could there be demons if there's a God? Because there's free will for, for angels as well. They had free will. They chose poorly. And then there's consequences to that. We have free will as well. There's going to be sin. There's going to be corruption because we're humans and we're not yet perfected in heaven. But hopefully we're getting there under the reign of Christ. That's what we're achieving. That's what we're hoping to achieve. But if there's a new world order, why would they call it a reset? Because they'd have to go back to year zero, right? And all of a sudden they'd have to reset the church. In fact, they'd have to reset the Pope or there would be no Pope or a new person in charge of the whole world, which would not be representing Christ. We got to remember that why is the church, why is the Pope in charge of the whole world? because he's representing Christ. And if he exercises power, miracles would happen. If all of a sudden the Pope came up and said, hey, this is what's going on, and this is what has to be, miracles would happen. Because if he spoke in the name of Christ with the power that Christ gave him, there's no question that would happen. There's no doubt that that's happening. I might not see them. Like I said, I got to pray for that faith. I got to pray for the eyes of faith so I can see the miracles that are happening. But if there's a new world order, we'd have to get rid of whatever Christ established. If there's a reset, and all of a sudden, Are we going to have sacraments? Are we going to have the Eucharist? Or are these going to be viewed as potential criminal operations? I don't know. You know, I don't know that that would be necessarily that way. But, you know, it got kind of scary there for a lot of people. And they said, I can't believe that the church is all shut down. I can't believe I went a year without receiving the Eucharist. I can't believe I went a year without being able to go to confession. You know, a lot of people experienced that. A lot of us found churches that were open. A lot of us found different uh, priests that were... uh, able to keep the church open and celebrate the liturgy and, uh, and distribute communion and listen to confessions and, and not stop for fear of a physical death because they realized that the spiritual, because they, they wanted to practice what they preached. You know, at the end of the day, it came down to what is our spiritual health and what's everlasting. If I'm going to die, I'd rather do it receiving penance and receiving uh, the Eucharist than not. And that's what it comes down to. This is where Christ in that initial gospel reading at the beginning of Advent says, don't get weary, don't get comfortable, don't let the anxieties of this world or the comforts of this world shake our faith. So whether or not we're worried about 
hey, is there going to be a new world order? Is there going to be a new reset? Is there going to be something along those lines? I say, hey, let's not worry about that entirely. Let's keep our focus on Christ. Let's keep our faith. Go receive the sacraments. Go to the sacrament of reconciliation as often as possible. Go receive the Eucharist every day if possible, because as long as we stay on the side of Christ, it's not going to matter what's going on around us. We're going to follow Christ with our hearts, with our minds. And when it comes to our time to meet him, we will be ready to say, Christ, I am here for you. And Christ is going to say, come on in. I've got a place waiting for you right here. I don't want anybody to be anxious. I don't want anybody to be worried. I want to say, let's keep it happening. And until next time, I will see you here at the clinic next week on the Dr. Weeks of All Show. Have a great week, everybody.